Hey everybody, how is it going? Thank you for joining me in this virtual book club. This is the first book of this virtual book club that we are doing, and we are moving on to chapter seven in the book The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Chapter seven is entitled Failure is the Way Forward. So if you haven't had a chance to actually read this whole entire book and follow with us up to chapter six, sometimes you can just listen to these chapters on their own and you're probably going to get a message and something out of it. So don't feel bad if maybe the title of this drew you in and you haven't read the book or know anything about the other six chapters, but I think anybody can apply this concept in what Mark is talking about in uh, failure being the way forward. So he begins the chapter by talking about uh, coming out of college and there was the financial collapse and great recession and basically all of the struggles that he had coming out and saying that he basically started his career as a failure. He also talks about some of his personal life experience and coming from a wealthy family and some of the lessons that he learned about that. Um, But where I really think this chapter picks up is on page 150. And it is about the third paragraph down, and he says, Improvement at anything is based on thousands of tiny failures, and the magnitude of your success is based on how many times you failed at something. If someone is better than you at something, then it's likely because he or she has failed at it more than you have. If someone is worse than you, it's likely because they haven't been through all the painful learning experiences that you have. And anybody that I've ever talked to that has gone through some sort of struggle in their life will usually say that that's where their learning occurred. And that is really the basis of this entire chapter. He gives a great example when babies are trying to learn how to walk and then they fall down and they get up and they fall down. And he points out that we don't ever scold the child for falling down. You know, we don't yell at the child and say, you baby, why haven't you figured this out yet? Come on, get up, stand up, start walking. Um, And we don't tell the child to give up. We don't tell the child, oh, because you can't walk and you just fell, just keep crawling. We usually um, will encourage them. We have patience with them. And, you know, I think it's a great metaphor to say, why can't we turn that patience around for ourselves if we do experience failure, that we have to encourage ourselves, just like we were encouraged as babies, to continue to walk even when you fall down. He also talks about that failure seems to be something that we learn later on in life as we're growing older. On page 151 at the top of the page, he says, at some point, most of us reach a place where we're afraid to fail, where we instinctively avoid failure and stick only to what is placed in front of us or only what we are really good at. And I definitely see that a lot when I sit with people in my therapy practice. Um, Many times that is the process that people are trying to work through, sometimes when they're coming into therapy. There is this thought that is born. There is a place where they would like to be. There is a new job that they want to be working at or... Maybe they want to be in a new relationship and coming out of the stale marriage that they're in. But usually people can become very paralyzed and stay exactly where they are for fear of failure, fear of the unknown. How many times have I heard that? And people end up just staying stuck until they're really ready to take some action, which Mark also talks about later on in this chapter. And I think we will actually move towards there. Um, Coming into 
page 153, he separates the chapter into another section called Pain is Part of the Process. And again, he's just reiterating on page 154, second paragraph down, that our pain often makes us stronger, more resilient, more grounded. And he gives a great example of many cancer survivors report feeling stronger and more grateful after winning their battle to survive. Also in this chapter, he tells a little bit of a story of a Polish psychologist, Dabrowski, and he says on page 154 that Dabrowski argued that fear and anxiety and sadness are not necessarily always undesirable or unhelpful states of mind. Rather, they are often represented representative of the necessary pain of psychological growth. And I would say that fear, anxiety, sadness, depression, grief, those are all indicators that there is some sort of resistance in our life. Um, I think they're actually great indicators to let us know that something is off, that we are out of alignment. So I would definitely agree with that. And um, towards the bottom of page 154, it just made me think about the term when people find their rock bottom. He says, our most radical changes in perspective often happen at the tail end of our worst moments. It's only when we feel intense pain that we're willing to look at our values and questions why they seem to be failing us. And that just reminds me of, you know, when people are really ready to make that change, it's usually because they have hit some sort of low for themselves or something that they would consider to be a rock bottom where they just cannot tolerate their unhappiness anymore. You know, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired or they just, you know, can't stay in this negative state of emotion. And that's when they're willing to move forward and put some action into creating change. Skipping ahead to page 158, he starts another section about the do something principle. And I really like this. He quoted his math teacher, Mr. Packwood. These are very wise words. Um, He said, his teacher told him, if you're stuck on a problem, don't sit there and think about it. Just start working on it. Even if you don't know what you're doing, the simple act of working on it will eventually cause the right ideas to show up in your head. And Mark shares some stories about how he decided to become um, an entrepreneur and pursue an online business of his. And I could totally relate to this as an entrepreneur where he said, you know, that morning when he woke up and realized that he was self-employed, that it was also a moment where he realized that he was responsible, him and only him, he was responsible for all of his own decisions and the consequences to those decisions and also the success to them. And definitely for those of you who own own your own business, you know that you can definitely make choices to not make money. You can take choices to take vacation or days off, but sometimes there comes a consequence uh, with that choice. And then when there's times when you're feeling really motivated and you're creative and you're creating things and doing what you need for your business to thrive, You will also see rich rewards on that end as well. But it really is interesting to be an entrepreneur and knowing that everything 100% uh, really depends on you. It's a lot of responsibility to take on. And then on pages 160 and 161... He talks about how some people, when they are at that rock bottom, that's when they begin to commit to some sort of action. And he also talks about a formula where probably most people believe that you need some sort of emotional inspiration first, then the motivation comes, and then the desirable action. But actually, what Mark is saying is that do the action first. 
just like his teacher said. Just don't sit there and think about it. Stop thinking about it. Put some action to it. Then the inspiration will come, and then what follows after that is motivation. And there have definitely been times, personally myself, I know I could relate to this, where I knew that I just had to put something into action for all the businesses that I have. Um, You know, I was thinking about it, had these ideas, might have been too tired, when am I going to get a chance to do this? And then, you know, I just usually kick myself in the butt and I say, okay, you know what, just do it. Just get up, just do it, make it happen. And then as I'm doing it, I definitely have had that feeling of inspiration and then I'm motivated to continue more. So I think the action first is what really creates the momentum. And so... Mark is saying on page 161 towards the bottom, if you lack the motivation to make an important change in your life, do something, anything, really, and then harness the reaction to that action as a way to begin motivating yourself. And this is what he calls the do something principle. So for me, the overall takeaway message is don't be afraid of your failures. And When you find yourself needing to move, needing to get out of situations, just start applying action. Just do something. Don't sit there. Don't ruminate in the thoughts. Don't think about all the ways in which it could be, but really start applying some action to some of those thoughts. And I think that his formula, if you apply it, you're going to find that you're going to move forward. And if you fail, it's okay. Because I always say there's no such thing as necessarily failure. It's just experience and it's information for you. If something doesn't work, like he said in the beginning of this book, that's what we're here for. We're here to constantly deal with problems, solve them. In the solving of them, we feel relief and joy. And then guess what? More problems usually come. So we really can't avoid failure when you think about it. And failure is probably one of our best teachers. So if any of you are out there feeling stuck, I would say just do something. Do something about it today and then feel that inspiration, and then the motivation will follow. So I hope you enjoyed this Chapter 7 of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Failure is the way forward. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon.